Welcome to the Bride Squared Geekcast, your weekly perfectly symmetrical, perfectly balanced, and of course, a perfect square. I'm your host, Brad Bellinger, and of course, I'm joined from by the Brad from the Frozen Wastelands of Canada, my co-host, Brad Rock. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Brad. Good to be here. Good to be joining you every week. Been a good week? Been a pretty good week. <laughs> pretty good week. You know, Brad, it's funny, actually, after our last cast, and, you know, we talked a little bit about the, uh, the self-driving cars and assisted driving, I decided to let my car parallel park for me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, I don't actually have a self-driving car, so I just wrecked into everything. <laughs> that was a good loop. I was like, where's he going? And then he's like, I thought, yeah, you know, I just ran right down everything. <laughs> I literally thought of this joke five minutes after we finished recording last week, and I've just been holding on to it. I'm holding on to it. I'm ready to go. God, Brad. All right. That's too so, good. So much stuff happened this week. So much stuff happened this week. Um, and I know, uh, you know, I know we've got a lot in the pipeline that we can talk about. But uh, what did you want to start us off with? Um, well, I think you wanted to talk about, um, was it Volvo, right? You mean Hola? No, hold up. Oh, God, the, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm lost here. The, yeah, um, the, yeah, it's Volvo, this self-driving car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the self-driving car, Jesus, yes. Um, you have to pay extra, too, if you don't want to bump into people. <laughs> yeah, that was hilarious. So uh, the story there is uh, there was a press conference demoing some of the uh, demoing some of the assisted driving features of this Volvo. It's, uh, it, it was sort of park assist. And as soon as the park assist got turned on, it started driving into all of the news reporters that were there. So, of course, this was a big media circus, and all of these journalists were reporting on how this thing didn't work, and it, you know, hit them. (laughs) And then a a spokesperson from Volvo's PR department said that it was just because the car did not have pedestrian detection, which is an additional cost. so, so basically what they tried to do was cover themselves by saying, oh, oh, this car doesn't usually run into people. Um, it's just because it doesn't have this feature installed that you have to pay for. So really they try to cover themselves by saying, oh, it, 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 it has the ability not to hit people, um, but we actually charge people extra for that. <laughs> Which I don't know is better or worse. It's, it's I don't know like if you're that was a good cover. It's either it was not a good cover. Well, was it a cover? Like you're, you're basically either admitting that your product doesn't work properly or your product works properly but is completely useless unless you pay for an additional feature it's it's kind of like the microtransactions of the automobile world it's like oh yeah you know you can play this little game for free on your phone but if you want all this stuff you got to pay for it oh your car will park for free but if you don't want to be uh convicted for vehicular homicide you have to pay extra for it I am I I I'm aghast at this. Like it's that's that's also a very common thing, though. Um, I know for homicide? me, several times. No, not vehicular homicide. <laughs> but when you're backing up and you're parking, right? My car doesn't park itself, but mm-hmm. um, anytime I'm backing up and going to park, sometimes people see that as an opportunity to get onto the sidewalk or get off the sidewalk, and so people will be going between you quite often. You're not usually just dealing with a car that's behind you. You know what I mean? And so. Um, asking people to pay <laughs> oh, God, for this. Yeah. Otherwise, they just have to be really careful when they're backing up. <laughs> I know. Like, it's it's ridiculous. Like, I, are you then relying on the driver to also be watching all of their spots and and hit the uh, hit the brake if you see someone? Like, yeah, I don't know no. what they feel the use case is there. I'm really looking forward to the airbag DLC. <laughs> I really want that one. Yeah. I don't know if that comes out. I don't know if that comes out with the car or if you have to wait a month. It'll be a day one DLC. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Safety, safety first. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Jesus Christ, though. I mean, I, I feel I feel like there's a similarity though. I mean, it's almost like paying for airbags. It's like, or or well, not maybe airbags, but no, I maybe, think that's an excellent. Maybe, maybe I, for paying for the feature that when you hit the brake pedal, like the seatbelt tightens up on you. It's like, oh, well, if you want your seatbelt to do this thing that actually prevents you from going through the windshield, um, you're going to have to pay extra. Otherwise, the seatbelt just sits there, okay? 
<laughs> I think the airbags actually are, are a perfect uh, analogy because yeah, it's, it's something basic you'd think would come with your car. Just like if you if I buy assisted parking, I'm gonna assume it's not gonna hit a pedestrian. Like you would hope. That just seems so blatantly ridiculous. And how much more difficult is it to make something that notices a car notice a person? Yeah, I mean, like it, u- mean- it uses this, uh, like a type of uh, radar that so it knows the position mm-hmm. behind the car. How come that can't notice a person? Is it because they're too fleshy? It doesn't bounce off them good or something? I don't know. <laughs> no, I mean, it's a, it's a really good point, and it, it begs the question, is it already available in the car and they're just turning it off unless you pay more? Like... Yeah, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't see it as something that you have to plug into the car, like yeah. uh, like something you'd have to take it into the shop and have put in. And in that case, they're basically turning something off that the car has. <laughs> it's like, um, I don't know if you guys have it in Canada. We have OnStar. I assume you do. I think it's like a global thing. I don't um, actually it, know. I've it, never it comes seen it. Pre-installed in Chevy vehicles. Yeah, I've never it's, known anyone uh, to actually buy a Chevy vehicle. <laughs> well, but I'll give you a, a basic overview. It's basically a thing that's part of your mirror, um, and you can use it to push a button if you ever get, like, if you ever get into an accident, it automatically goes off. But you can also push it if you need help. Yeah. And it, uh, it sends you to a. Um, I mean, you can also get directions from it too. But if you do get into a car accident, it can help, like, contact nine one one for you. Right. Right. Um. Basically. There could be an issue as to where if you don't pay for OnStar because it's a service that you have to pay for, that they just don't call 911, right? Right. But that's not the case. You can actually use it no matter if you've purchased um, the subscription for it or not. Okay. You can always use it to call 911. If you push it, the button, it'll say like OnStar, blah, blah, blah. If you say you need to call 911, they can't be like, oh, sorry, I can't transfer you actually to 911 because uh, you didn't pay for the OnStar subscription. <laughs> okay, um, okay. So if I'm Because if I'm, if I'm basically they wanted to save themselves from a lawsuit, you know what I mean? Which makes sense. It's sort of like your cell phone. Because your cell phone has to be able to call 911 too. Also, if you don't pay for your service. You know what I mean? And they turn yeah, off your exactly. phone. So if I'm, if I'm understanding this correctly then, you can hit a pedestrian because you're not paying properly for pedestrian detection. But it's okay because then you can just use your OnStar to call 911 even if you're not paying for your OnStar feature. <laughs> well, let's, let's hope that you have OnStar and that you can call 911 after you've mowed down a pedestrian that's uh, walking behind you in a car. Yeah, exactly. Oh my gosh, though. It, it, it's sort of like that because you could probably see somebody if, if this wasn't like a, like, a, like a press thing where journalists were all looking at this car and stuff. If this was like real life and you ran somebody down, you can sure bet that that person is going to sue, sue Volvo for hitting them with their, with their backup park assist or whatever. You know what I mean? Oh, God. I certainly would. Yeah. I'd be like, I'm suing you guys because this thing shouldn't hit people. It doesn't hit another car. And if they come at me with the whole, oh, well, you didn't purchase the pedestrian detection thing, I'm just going to pull out the, um, well, let's see. My cell phone lets me call 911 even if I have my phone turned off. Um, so you're saying that people aren't important enough to uh, uh, protect them? Yeah, I mean, it's like, um, I mean, it's not even really the driver, really, is it? If you're a pedestrian walking on the sidewalk, you want to know that you're going to be safe around cars and not mowed down by uh, a Volvo. You know what I mean? Oh, God, I know. All right, so here's what we're going to do. You're going to have to buy a Volvo. I'll come to the States. You hit me with your Volvo using this park thing, <laughs> and then we sue Volvo and uh, and split the profits. That sounds like a plan to me. <laughs> that sounds like a plan. Coming in 2016, oh after God. I recover from surgery, a new and improved Brad Squared with much better production values because of all yeah. the money. All new, all new equipment. All new equipment. <laughs> <laughs> Our own studio. Oh my uh, gosh. So give me some happier news in technology, Brad. What's what's working well? What's cool that's that's not gonna kill us? Um, well it's not gonna kill you, but I don't know if it's happier. Um Xbox, well Microsoft technically released that they're going to uh have a new um Xbox One controller. A new Xbox One controller, okay. Yes. Um when I first saw it, I can tell you my first reaction was, um, okay, so you made a next-gen console, right? Um, PlayStation also did the same thing. Sony did the same thing, right? Yeah. Sony developed a new controller, released it with the system. Um, 
Microsoft waited, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Did they not think that they're uh, that they should have had like the controller for the Xbox One at that point in time? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I assume the controller was probably quote unquote new when you got an Xbox One. However, um, uh, I would think that you'd have like a decent controller as to where like you're not going to release another controller halfway through the system's life. You know what I mean? I was kind of confused. Like I've, I, I still don't really get what's different about this controller. I don't either. I saw a picture of it. And I it's thought it's got a headphone jack, which that that was the only thing I noticed really. Yeah, which I thought was a little bit strange because remembering back to the days of the uh, the three sixty, it also had a headphone jack. But it was it was like a headset thing. I guess this is is, is a typical like line in jack, but still like. I'm I'm a little bit confused as to what warranted the new controller. I did, were people complaining? Not that I know of. I, if if anything, I mean the the 360 controller was probably the best one that uh, Xbox ever had. I mean I've always been firmly in the camp of uh, of, of liking the PlayStation controller versus the Xbox controller. I know some people are very very feel very very strongly that the Xbox One is more ergodynamic. But I've always been a little bit more preferable to the PlayStation one. But this doesn't seem redesigned at all. It just seems to have a headphone jack. <laughs> um, I have something pulled up right now, so I can uh, sort of give them their their due diligence. It says right here that it boasts a new 3.5 millimeter headset jack. Right. Which makes an adapter unnecessary. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god oh god that's that's a game changer brad i know it's a game changer oh my goodness i'm like that's all it says really it says uh you know what i'm just surprised a new they... a one terabyte hard drive i guess they're offering on the xbox one as well yeah like it's being packaged with the new xbox which i guess is a little bit uh, you know, obviously so we're a little at, bit better of a store. Xbox 1.0? <laughs> I don't know. 1.2? 2. 2.0? 2. Uh, <laughs> Xbox 1.1. 1.1. 1.1 terabyte. 1. 1. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's like, what is going on? I well, mean... you know, I'm just, I'm just shocked that, uh, that they announced this new controller now and didn't wait for the hype of E3, you know? I mean, that would have been... Uh, they, they should have ended their uh, press conference with that. I agree. <laughs> I don't understand why. Um, I mean, so far that I can see, that that's literally the only thing that changed on it was the audio jack. So, um, yeah, great new controller, uh, <laughs> Microsoft. Um, I'm, I'm really looking forward to owning one now. Now, now the new uh, PlayStation controller... That one, I was like, ooh, that's, it, it looks different than the uh, PlayStation 3. Yeah, like launch controller. A little bit. Yeah. I mean... It, Got I a mean, bit of a touchscreen on there. There was a big part. Yeah, the touchscreen was a big part that they changed. They, they changed the shape a little bit, but it still sort of plays towards the traditional PlayStation controller shape. It reminded me a little Which, bit Which, personally, of... I like the feel. You know yeah. what I mean? Well, I've played on both, and I like the feel. It of the original PlayStation controller, like... Uh, you know, it was a little bit smaller, a little bit more rounded. Um, I found that, yeah, I, I found that the fit kind of felt a little bit more like I was playing an old school PlayStation controller. Because, mm -hmm. um, I mean, as, as time went on, the, the PS3 kind of got a little bit more bulky. I felt this one was a little bit more smooth form to hand. But Well, if it's not broken, don't fix it. You know what exactly. I mean? So, exactly. So they really didn't have to change much on it because it wasn't broken to begin with. They were just like, here, let's add a feature. Where um, first off, we're gonna have speakers in the head, in the controller, right? Where you can like some things are said through the controller um, on certain games, right? Uh, and then you also have like basically another button where the game, the people that make a game for the PlayStation can decide what it does. Yeah. Whether you have to draw something or just swipe across it or something. And uh, so basically, they were like, "Well, our product's not broken. Let's add a few features. Release it." Um, I guess Microsoft noticed, and they decided they're going to do the same thing, but all they did was add an audio jack. Yeah. 
<laughs> I, I, th- I think it's that you need a little bit more. Like, I mean, had they just said, I don't know, I guess, like, what's 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 the way for them to win here? Do they just not mention that they've redesigned the controller that they're doing with the new system? Do they not bother redesigning the controller? Like, I guess I'm not as up to speed with the feedback from the typical Xbox fan, but was this a big deal that there was no audio jack? Apparently people were really excited about the new controller, but uh, <laughs> um, I'm certainly not. Um, from what I can see, it says makes it ne- a ne- an adapter unnecessary. How big is this adapter? Is the adapter all that... Um, yeah, I mean, could you just use an adapter and, and save yourself from having to buy, first off, a new uh, Xbox with uh, one terabyte storage and just use what you got. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, I don't see how... I, I, I understand why they're doing a new Xbox One because you certainly could not sell this controller to me. I wouldn't buy this controller for 20 bucks, 10 bucks. I wouldn't even buy it for 5 bucks. You know what I mean? It's like a just a new audio jack. Yeah. So it's like, I don't know about that, bud. Yeah, I mean, there's something to be said, though, for, like, the increased storage space of the of the console system. I think very much um, the amount of storage space necessary is always underestimated. The Wii was a terrible mm-hmm. example of that. Um, I loved my Wii, but, my God, that filled up fast. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, so I, I can definitely see the appeal of uh, if, you've, if you've got a system that's uh, you know, filling up fast, or if you're new to to the Xbox One, you know, it's certainly a, a good starter system to buy. Um, it just, I, I guess the or the redesign of the controller seemed a little unnecessary. I don't quite get why they would pay the R and D to do that, but mm-hmm. I get, I, I know what you mean. Yeah. Well, uh, what else do we have on the agenda? You want to talk Destiny? Um, yeah, let's talk Destiny. Let's talk Destiny um, and the... Uh... So they have a new, um, I want to say it's like Arena, I guess. What is it called again? It's, uh... Uh, Osiris. Osiris, right. Yeah. The Trials of Osiris. Yeah. Um, and so they've decided that because of an exploit where you can save your winning streak, they've decided that people that back out of games early are going to be banned from the Crucible. Right, and the the exploit is that they can back out of a game that they think that they're overmatched in to preserve their winning streak. Yeah, basically they think they're going to lose, and they leave. <laughs> um, my personal opinion on it is I've played games before where winning streaks are like a thing, and usually if you quit a game, it counts as a loss, so right. I don't know what they were thinking. <laughs> Yeah, it's. It, I mean, it's. A, it's a good question because we're, their response to it, right, is not. We're gonna ban you forever, or we're gonna ban you from everything Destiny. It's that you're banned from you know this specific multiplayer zone, and mm-hmm. it's not a perma ban. It's it will be lifted, and I think their press release basically said we don't want to prevent anyone from playing our game. Like, it's you know it's the bee's knees. We want to make sure everyone can enjoy it. Um, so it, it really does sound like kind of going off what you're saying. They released something with a critical, you know, workaround, a critical bug where they weren't penalizing winning streaks for for doing a backout. And as a as a half measure until they can fix it, they're saying, all right, we're going to temporarily ban anyone who pulls out of a game early. Mm-hmm. Now, I guess, and this harkens back to, to the days where I used to be really um involved in uh in playing online shooters like the old medal of honor games and stuff um and i used to deal with uh you know crappy dial-up internet but one particular menacing problem back then would be you know you lose your connection you get dropped from a game and i know that a lot of games especially uh mmos started figuring out logic to to try and catch when it was like a legitimate connection failure so that you wouldn't be penalized because mmos would penalize you if you dropped out of the game uh you know Mm -hmm. if you were dying or something along those lines so it makes me wonder right like this is a half measure they probably don't have that logic to figure out connection interruptions um it just it seems like a 
yeah, it seems like a very incomplete way of handling this. I think when we were talking before the cast, like you had some some very strong thoughts on it. Like it was, you know, why do this? Why why allow them to even back out? I think it's definitely a you know it's an exploit. It's a bug, but it really gives an interesting. Uh, it, you know, it gives us an interesting insight into the state of, of how things are handled with, with you know, game bans. You know, like with this temporary ban, uh, I know that a lot's been happening lately in, uh, in terms of, um, of game moderation. Some technology is being developed to try and catch, you know, inflammatory language and automatically ban based on that. There's a lot mm-hmm. of interesting stuff going on and there's... There's a lot to say when you know when you've got these big open games, um, and it unfortunately it, it comes with anonymity. Anonymity. You can be anonymous, um, and it gives people the op- the opportunity to, to basically just be dicks. I agree. But, yeah. It's it it's the uh, this whole banning from backing out early thing sort of kind of brings me back a little bit to. Uh, the Call of Duty League eras where um, you could play uh, Call of Duty, I guess, semi-competitively because you're, I mean, you're sitting in your living room. Are you really being competitive? (laughs) Um, Isn't the whole game competitive to begin with? However, there's like the special section where you get to be ranked and stuff. Um, And if you leave a certain number of matches, you actually can't play this quote-unquote league thing for like half an hour. Right. Like you have like a literal timer, and every time you try to connect, it says this is how much longer you have left till you till you can play again. Um, basically, in this case, they're trying to limit the amount of people. Well, be- this isn't really a, a win streak sort of thing because it will count as a loss. So they do have it right in that aspect. Okay. Um, it does count as a loss. However, because it's a multiplayer game. Uh, Destiny is as well. Um, but what Call of Duty is more uh, worried about is that you're going to leave your team because people can't join in mid-match. Yeah. So you've already put your team at a disadvantage by leaving. Yeah. Now they're one person down. Now one per- now they're one person down, so it convinces another person to leave. Now they're two people down. You know what I mean? And there's only so many people per team. All of a sudden, now there's one person left, and they're just sitting there because they don't want to get kicked out for uh, an extended period of time. Yeah, and I mean, it's... And that's the incentive, right? Like, that's why you want to prevent that from happening. Because I remember when I used to play Medal of Honor, like, that was the most frustrating thing. You'd be on a team-ranked game, you'd be getting your, you know, your butt handed to you, and then people started... You just started hemorrhaging players because they were like, oh, man, this isn't fun, I'm getting killed. So then you're left with, like, you know, you and your buddy who are, are trying to play together... Uh, against 15 other players. And it's, yeah, it, it really, really limits the fun, you know? Like, you don't want to be completely outmatched like that. Like, it's one thing if, no. you're, if you're losing because of a skill, but if you're losing because it's 10 guys against two, like, that's a big, you know, a, a big difference. So I applaud them for wanting to, you know, I, I mean, I applaud the the movement towards, you know, uh, discouraging this kind of behavior. But certainly in uh, in Destiny, it kind of adds, like, a level of scumbaggery to it, right? If you're just trying to keep, you know, your your win streak or you're just trying to keep, uh, I guess, the Yeah, because you don't care if, you're, if your teammates lose. Yeah. <laughs> you're just like, man, I get to keep my streak. Yeah. Uh, and, I yeah, like, I mean, I, I guess... They're making the right steps to trying to fix this, but it feels like just another... It feels like it should, if it's not, definitely be only temporary. I would hope so. You know, it feels like Destiny's been plagued by by bugs, by a lot of features that didn't seem like they were fully thought through. Mm-hmm. This just seems like another one, you know? Um, yeah, Destiny's been a really disappointing outing for Bungie, in my opinion. See, I was really excited about it when they first released it. Um, a little less excited now. <laughs> you mean the expansion or Destiny entirely? Just Destiny entirely. Oh God, everyone was so excited when Destiny. Like was I was released. super excited when yeah. it started, but I'm not so excited about it anymore. No, I think it's I, I think it's hard to be like just 
even if you didn't play it, the lukewarm reaction that it got from everyone, there's just this cloud over it right now. And I mean, other than some some loyalists, it's not it's not a you know a well played game. No, I mean I know I personally watched quite a few people play it because it was quite entertaining. Like the uh, actual like um, the story mode in it was I thought it was pretty appealing to myself. Right. Um, but none of the multiplayer really got me ever. I mean, I think maybe I I've seen like one or two multiplayer things, like the really hard stuff, but um, it didn't interest me enough to make me want to like stick around. So, um, having something like uh, this sort of disappointing, <laughs> it's like, oh man, it's like oh, I really don't. I really don't want to see something like this happen because they're going to have nothing but troubles at this point. Yeah. Going forward. And they really need to, like, have a better way around it, like, done quick. You know what I mean? Because maybe, because some people might have to leave just because. You know what I mean? Maybe, I don't know. I'm assuming, I'm assuming they're younger kids playing. So let's say, like, their parents say they have to come down for dinner. They're not going to just sit there AFK the entire time and just let themselves get killed a million times. They're just going to leave. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then now, now they go to come back upstairs to play to to join again, and they're like, "Oh, I've been banned for." It doesn't even give you like a duration or anything. It just tells you to go to the website. Yeah. So <laughs> dinner time like, really dinner time really was like the eternal enemy of game playing when you were a kid. I can agree with that. <laughs> God, those days. You're like one more minute. I'm in the middle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, you know, moving from, uh, from Bungie, uh, we got a little bit of a big announcement from Steam this week. They're mm-hmm. going to be the first game service to be offering refunds. And I mean, they're not like full encompassing re- refunds, but it, it, the terms seem pretty nice. The terms seem incredibly reasonable. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, so, so to kind of recap on a high level, uh, you can you can refund just about anything you buy off of Steam. I think movies are one of the exceptions, but uh, games, DLC, bundles. Uh, the the only caveats are if you buy a bundle, you can't refund it if you've like given away something within that bundle. Uh, games you can only refund if you haven't played more than two hours of, and it's within fourteen days. Uh, I believe the same goes for DLC. It's all very very reasonable um but it's and and i think there's a lot of reasons i'm sure why they're doing this one is quality of some games is definitely getting worse on steam the more popularity it gets the more open of a platform it becomes the more stinkers you get on Uh there and like uh, a lot of people are using this as like their uh uh early access sort of platform to release their games on early access um, sometimes the developer might just become like complacent. They're just like, oh, I don't want to update this anymore. I don't feel it anymore, which that happens quite often. If it's not like a, like, like that's the benefit of like these like major, like, uh, distributors and stuff of these, like, like people like, uh, um, Activision and, uh, Bethesda and stuff like that. They're, they're, uh, dedicated to releasing content. You know what I mean? Yeah. They have a whole team of people. When it's just like a small group of people that are doing it like on their free time, they can become bored of it. You know what I mean? And then it no longer gets updated. It's still broken, and this person has access to this really broken early access thing in Steam. And I mean, do you really want to <laughs> own this really big pile of garbage? You know what I mean? Yeah, like you almost you you kind of want to just forget about it. Um, but then. You know, you you say you don't get that as much with uh, the big um, the big AAA studios, but you actually think um, back a little a little ways. Uh, Drive. Well, I mean, Club, it happens, but it usually gets picked back up. It usually does, but you think about Drive Club for uh, it was made by Evolution Ugh. Studios. Ugh. Yeah, Ugh. Drive Club turned out to be a, a bit of a <laughs> of a crapper. But originally, they had announced, and they were very committed to this, that they were going to be releasing a free version, a pared-down version of the game that was free to play. Um, But the more and more people hated this game, the less and less likely that came. 
Um, and I mean, you know, you, you obviously can't get as upset for not getting a free version of something, but it definitely still happens where, you know, companies will kind of abandon the road that they went down. Um, or, you know, every Fable game ever uh, loses half its feature set in development. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but I agree, yeah. Like, it's, it's definitely... what that game was called. Sorry? Oh, there was a, there was a game. Uh, and it was, like, a perfect example of, like, something that sort of got delayed a little bit. Um, they still intend on bringing it out. It's a Ubisoft game. The division? Oh, Rainbow Six Siege. Oh, a Rainbow. I Six personally Siege. was looking at this because I was pretty excited about it, but it was like being delayed and being delayed, and I don't know if it changed hands over time or because um, they've de- de- delayed the uh, Ubisoft delayed the division until 2016, right? Yeah. Um, this one, I don't know when the release date for this is. Uh, it says I, I think October 13th, probably, but yeah, I don't know. I think we're probably seeing Rainbow Six Siege before we see The Division. Oh, for certain. I mean, they're, they're, they're talking October 13th for Rainbow Six Siege, and they're talking sometime in 2016 <sighs> for uh, The Division. They don't even know a release date for that yet. I, uh, oh God, like I remember when I was, uh, I was doing coverage of E3 when they were, you know, announcing the PlayStation 4, when they were announcing the Xbox and the division was, you know, one of those games that were announced with the next gen systems. Mm-hmm. And now we're, we're years into the release of these next gen systems and we still haven't seen the division. It's heartbreaking because that game looks amazing, but the more and more it gets delayed, the less and less faith I have in it. Well, you got to figure out at some point in time they're just going to be like, you know what, let's just forget about it. <laughs> or, or 10 years from now, you know, a la Duke Nukem Forever, it finally gets released and no one plays it. <laughs> like everybody forgets about it. <laughs> Everyone forgets about it. And the few people that play it are like, yeah, this was not worth waiting for. This was terrible. Yeah, there, there's a fine line to be drawn between... You're like, oh, well, we're going to make people wait because we want to make sure it's really good. But if you wait too long, it becomes no longer worth the wait. And I think part of it is like you you get sort of uh, those nostalgia glasses on, right? Like Mm -hmm. Duke Nukem 64 was not that good. And I don't know what people were expecting at a Duke Nukem forever. (laughs) Like it was Duke Nukem 64 was better in the context of competition it had. But, I mean, let's be fair. <laughs> it was nothing special to begin with. My goodness. It's like, oh, there's there's issues. Things, I feel like companies kind of are getting at this point in time that need, things need to be released when they're sort of relevant still. And uh, timelines expire pretty rapidly nowadays. So, Absolutely. Like, you show something, three years later, it's either not a relevant franchise or the tech that it was built on really is kind of becoming out of date or even just industry uh changes enough that that's not the in genre anymore Mm -hmm. you know like we we go through these these cycles of what's big and what's popular right now um you know mmos were huge five six years ago less so now uh, you know, now you've got your uh, your MOBAs that are getting bigger and bigger, and that's a little bit of a cycle. Or you think about the, the first-person shooter in the early to mid-2000s was getting really, really big. Now it's just another genre. So, you know, depending upon the timeline, you can throw something out that's subpar, but because it's on kind of the new bandwagon, it's lauded as, as revela- revolutionary or as good. Because mm-hmm. there's not a lot of other things like it out there. And soon enough, the next really big um, genre will be out that will replace MOBAs or, or you know, will, uh, will come into play. And we'll start getting a lot of games thrown out that are related to that. But you're trying to balance being on that bank bandwagon and saying, hey, we've got this new great game. 
this is what it looks like right now, uh, but then you're making unrealistic expectations about the timeline, things are getting delayed, you've got feature creep, tons of potential <laughs> problems in the in the development of a, of a product, mm-hmm. which are delaying it to the point where it isn't relevant for some reason. And, and, and this is really kind of the fine balance that marketing and development need to, to walk with, where announcing it when it's the in thing is great, but you still have to have realistic expectations as to when that comes out so that it can still be the in thing when it comes out. Mm-hmm. Now, you sent me something. The, uh, I guess the... the the pitch line would be called stop using hola vpn right now <laughs> you know what i'm not gonna stop using hola vpn <laughs> oh god okay um, so so tell me a little bit about this sure we talked sure. about it a little bit before but give me a, a refresh for anybody that doesn't know what it is sure so hola is basically a digital uh, vpn service that's main benefit is it masks your ip address to look like uh it's from some other location so, so you can look like you're coming from my house. <laughs> not quite. Uh, it's more country-based. Uh, but the the main use for it, as far as I know, I mean, I'm sure there's more legitimate uses for it, but everyone who uses it that I know uses it so that they can watch um, digital streaming television from another, as they're looking like they're from another country. So uh, I'm from Canada. You're from the U.S., Mm-hmm. You have better, sh- you have better stuff on Netflix. Hands we down. we have have a lot better stuff on, than you on Netflix, which ah uh, isn't really saying too much because Netflix sort of lets me down a little bit with the timeline for releases and stuff. But we but in in general, yeah, we do have a lot better stuff yeah. than a lot of other places have. Um, we get um, some TV series that just aren't worth it, I guess, to Netflix to license in other countries and. So, yeah, we, we get quite a bit um, better content, but, uh, yeah, um, give me a little bit about uh, how this applies to uh, to this whole yeah, stop so, using it. <laughs> so, basically, I, so the idea is that right now I would be using Hola to, to look at Netflix from the States. Mm-hmm. However, being that I'm kind of handing over this this VPN access to them, they're able to use, uh, basically they're able to use our bandwidth or my bandwidth for someone else's browsing because I've kind of opened myself up as now as a peer-to-peer system. So, Mm, I see what you're saying now. So a security company basically uh, kind of gave this little expose on, on Hola and kind of lambasted them in the press uh, and basically said, don't use Hola. They're, they're stealing your information. They're or sorry, not stealing your information, stealing your bandwidth. They're selling it to other uh, companies. If you don't want this to happen to you, you have to get their pro system, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, and they were pretty harsh on Hola. And then Hola came out and said, oh, ho, ho, hold on. We've been very upfront about this. It explains this all in our in our facts section. We refer to ourselves as a peer-to-peer company. I don't understand why this is news for anyone. Uh, and to be fair, it was news to me. Um, when you when when you've got well, when you figure that, out that somebody else is using your bandwidth uh, that you don't even know because some company is selling it to them. <laughs> you know what though? I really don't care, and this is this is terrible to say. Because, uh, you know, the, the big concern that the security company had was you don't know who's using your bandwidth and for what. Like, what happens if someone is doing using your connection For, like, illicit to... activity. Exactly. You know what? I'm sorry. I don't think anyone cares enough about me to monitor what I'm doing. Uh, and maybe <laughs> I have rose-colored glasses on the whole you know, the government is watching me thing. Maybe that's because I'm in Canada. Probably because you uh, are in Canada. Where, to be fair, we do all the same crap that you guys get in so much flack for in the States. We're just a country of apathy. We don't care. It's terrible to say about Canadians, but we really, really don't. Like, 
there is some like dark stuff that happens in our news and everyone kind of knows about it but it's it's like when you've got that alcoholic uncle that no one talks about they're just like oh yeah yeah you know like uncle jim he's uh oh he's in his bottles or whatever uh and, and everyone tries to forget about it it's the same sort of thing it's like yeah we've got all of this horrible crap happening in our northern communities and uh you know some pretty dark stuff happening in the news but we kind of ignore it for things like bruce jenner <laughs> we try and think of happier things but uh but yeah like i i don't care i'm still gonna use hola because at the end of the day what i really want is to watch community on yahoo screen or to watch you know something you have on us netflix and to me the ends justifies the means and <laughs> you know now, what? something i would like is i would like um netflix to come out of the out of this whole thing if they figure out about this whole blah 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 and they if they care enough about it i'd hope that they would come out and be like how about we get a list of things you feel like you guys don't get and we try to provide them to you you know i mean you shouldn't have to use a way around it that's what i feel about now Netflixes. they shouldn't make people have to use these things if they want to enjoy quality content you know what i mean I feel like you guys sort of get shafted in a way. <laughs> in an ideal world, but we also have a lot of competitors to Netflix, uh, which outbid them on these types of services. Like our, our main uh, television providers, Bell and Rogers, both have their own version of Netflix. Uh, and That's a great name. <laughs> what? <laughs> Bell and Rogers. <laughs> oh, no, those are two different names. Oh, they are. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is that is that actually like the service's name though? Like Bell and yeah, Rogers? Bell. Yeah, there's Bell and there's Rogers. That is that is perfect. Are you are you a baseball fan, Brad? Listen, we we are you know what our um ISPs and uh cable providers are called? Yeah, you've got like Time Warner Cable. Time Cable <laughs> That's not an exciting name. <laughs> Anyhow, uh so so Bell and Rogers, they each have their own streaming systems. Uh show me is uh, Rogers and Crave is Bell's, but you know they also license content. So you mm-hmm. know in ne- in the U.S., you guys have Sons of Anarchy on Netflix. Yep, we have that available on Show Me. Uh, we actually have Seinfeld available on Crave. Like there's oh, Seinfeld. Ooh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there's that's that's part of the problem, right? Is you've got a bunch of different competing companies mm-hmm. buying up the licensing rights, so it's it's hard gotcha. for one to to I amalgamate. Gotcha. So- it's a little um, bit difficult for like somebody like Netflix to be like, oh well, now I re- kind of can't really uh, license this show. Uh, this other person has got the license for it, and I really don't want to have to pay that much money for it, kind of thing. Yeah, well, actually, just this week in Canada, an executive for Bell um, basically came out in the news, and they and she was complaining that people are using uh, private VPN or VPN software like Hola for browsing american netflix because um uh, her rationale was they're stealing from bell by viewing this content in canada that bell's paid the canadian licensing fees for and it's it's such an old-minded simplistic way of looking at things and (laughs) that's that's kind of i mean it's it's kind of the problem right it's like we don't have these gates like we do with broadcasting uh, rights, you know, we, we you can't I mean, to get American stations in Canada that don't go through the Canadian filter is far more difficult with a with a satellite dish or, or with cable to get it through Internet is so much easier. Like it's it's trying to apply a model for cable and satellite to internet that won't work for internet and i don't have the answer but there needs to be a lot more foresight into it i agree um question i would have is that you have two separate streaming services right uh three if you count netflix okay well let's not count netflix (laughs) okay (laughs) okay so so let's say you have two that you can access the shows that you kind of want on right yeah right um are there shared licenses between them, or do you have to have both if you want to get everything sort of kind of thing, if you get my drift? Yeah, so, I mean, so some shows always have, like, shared licensing, even between Netflix and, mm-hmm. um, and like, something like Show Me. I believe there's some that are shared. 
But uh, but no, for the most part, it's exclusive, and you have to pay for each. Like, so you'd watch... have to have like two streaming services to get everything, basically. Three, basically, because you. Well, yeah, for Netflix too. Yeah. So, so I have Netflix, obviously, because everyone has Netflix, and I have Show Me because Rogers uh, is who I use for cable, and they include it in my in my package. Um, but there's mm-hmm. a lot of stuff on on Crave for Bell that I'd love to watch, but I can't. And I'm not going to pay for another streaming service. I wouldn't blame you. I would. I would not pay for. It's. It's almost sort of like a, we also have a thing called Hulu, in the states. Yeah, yeah. Um. Hulu doesn't. Uh. It, it's weird. If you want like um. If you want movies pretty close to like when they're like on dvd and sort of thing uh hulu is really kind of your thing to go to because they have movies a lot quicker than netflix does but if you like tv shows the series get on tv shows a lot quicker on uh no actually i had it backwards hulu has the tv uh netflix has the movies um yeah yeah we don't have hulu gets tv shows like like season ends now you got it on hulu yeah netflix it's it's a while. So we don't have an equivalent to, to Hulu right now in Canada, and that's ba- that's much to our detriment. Like, it's... <laughs> yeah, like, there there's definitely advantages to that kind of model, you know, having those shows available almost instantly. Well, I mean, I have Time Warner Cable, so I can look back on... To a certain... Um, like, a, a certain distance back into the past, I can watch shows. Um, but let's say a series is already, like halfway through i can't catch episode one right so that's a problem for me so hulu is actually pretty good now sort of stepping back like if you needed if if you needed to use a a vpn service like Mm -hmm. hola in order to watch these streaming shows uh like if you needed hola to access hulu um would you would you use it knowing that your bandwidth is being passed off to someone else who might be doing something illicit with it now, um, I'm glad that you brought that up because um, maybe if I lived in Canada, I'd be okay with it. <laughs> um, but living in the States, it, it's, it's a little bit different. Um, rather than like being worried about like you being looked in on on an individual basis, um, ISPs here sort of have like a... It's weird. Um, if like you access something that you're not supposed to, right? Or you're looking up stuff that you're not supposed to. Um, literally in like three minutes after it's been on your computer screen, you will get a phone call in the United States. Like um, oh, it was probably like two years ago. I got a phone call, right? Had I, I literally probably just woke up. Got a phone call. They were like, some website had an access onto my computer. I'm like, uh... I'm the only one that uses the computer, and I haven't used it today. Um, so somebody had gained access to our computer, and they were like, "This is a warning or something." But if it happens again, we're gonna have to cut off. We're gonna have to cut your internet. <laughs> I was like, "What?" And so Jesus. immediately, I, so immediately, I called them back and was like, "Listen, I need to, I need to change my password then because somehow they're getting in." And so we ended up getting a more secure um, system. But somehow they got in, and they, like, I could have gotten in trouble <laughs> if it happened. So it was like, whoo, that was close. <laughs> so yeah, in the states, it's it's a lot more closely watched rather than by the government, which the government does. Like the NSA looks at stuff, but they're more focused on like bombs and stuff. Yeah. However, like other sort of like minor, but not really minor, illegal things that can happen on the internet, um, those things are. The government places their responsibility on the ISP to enforce those kind of things. Right. And so they watch pretty closely. Like, literally, I had woken up and, like, they were like, I had a message on my phone <laughs> about, like, some website. I don't even know what the website was. It was two years ago. But all I know is it was a bad website to the point of where they were like, if it happens again, we're going to have to cut off your internet. <laughs> and Big so Brother called- is watching you. Exactly. And so to get to the point, yeah, I probably wouldn't. Use it in the states. Um, however, 
Well, I only use it in the states because it's easy enough for somebody else to steal my my uh, um, IP address and stuff. Right. Uh, however, in Canada, just based off of the way that you're like, ah, eh, they really don't pay attention too much. I probably would do it. Um, simply because I really honestly couldn't live without Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel I feel you. I would I would be. I would be like, oh, I found out about them using my uh, bandwidth and selling it to people. I'm okay with that. All right. So the verdict then is don't use Hola if you live in the States. If you're in Canada, eh. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Probably. Especially if uh, you can't do anything else and you really want your Netflix. I would be like on that bandwagon. All right. So, so Brad... Mm-hmm. There was uh, one, the next kind of piece you had sent me for us to talk about, which I think is really interesting and, and kind of exciting as to where this could go, is Google is using 16 GoPro cameras to create a 360 display that could be used for VR. Yeah, I noticed it. Um, I want to say it was on Reddit or something. Uh, yeah, they're they're... they're they're trying to get into the VR market with GoPro. This is insane. I mean, well, I, I don't know if they're necessarily trying to go into the market. I want I to say go into the market. Yeah. On, it's maybe on like a loose terms. But. Well, it's specifically stated in the article, and this was what was kind of interesting, is that they're not looking at making any kind of commercial product right now. And I believe they said they're going to release the schematics for you to be able to do this yourself if you somehow have the money to access 16 GoPro cameras. But it, I think it really gives a lot of, um, of insight into where their, thought are, their thoughts are for the future, which I think is really exciting because a big, a, a big potential, I find, for... Uh, VR is life experiences. So you mount a 360-degree camera, you know, the front row of a symphony or on at some sort of amusement park, you know, on a ride or something like that. And all of a sudden, you're able to sell experiences where you can, th- you know, put on an Oculus Rift and feel like you're the front row of a, of a symphony or a play or mm-hmm. you can, you know, pay 99 cents and you get to ride a roller coaster using the Oculus Rift. Yeah, and you could turn around and, like, find, like, and, like, see, like, the kid behind you, like, picking his nose and eating it or something. Yeah, That'd yeah. be pretty fascinating. You're, like, listening to a symphony. You turn around and some, like, three-year-old booger eater is, like, just up there digging for gold and you're like oh man this is amazing technology <laughs> you would have missed that experience <laughs> you would have missed it because it. you couldn't see the person behind you normally yeah <laughs> yeah um it's not that far off really if you think about like google maps and like google earth and stuff right yeah google has been driving around with 360 degree cameras on top of cars for Forever now, it seems, right? Yeah. So it's really not that far of a stretch to be like, take 16 GoPro cameras, arrange them in 360-degree fashion, right? And record just like a circular display, right? Yeah. And rather than street view for Google, now it's like um, for like an entertainment value. I mean – yeah, I, I guess Google Maps is entertaining, kind of. I mean, I don't usually use Street View that much, but um, sometimes you find gems or something on like Google Earth or something. Yeah, <laughs> or you get like, or this potentially gives you um, sort of pedestrian view, right? Like, uh, you know, there's you, th- you think of malls, you might not know where a specific store is. All of a sudden, you can get a a view of inside. I didn't of that even mall, think which... about that. That would be pretty cool. And I think they started with like the uh, the early stages of this, but I don't know quite how they were doing it before. But certainly, this kind of a model might give them a cheaper alternative for for outfitting, you know, street people with these cameras. Well, you know, what I was just thinking of is that with uh, GPS location, right? Yep. Um, they could do like a lot of things if you think about it. They could have, um. Like, augmented reality has sort of been a thing. It's sort of gotten a little bit tossed to the side. But you could have a thing where, like, you pull out your phone, right? You walk through the mall, and all you have to do is point your phone at a place or something that you've never been to before, and you're walking through the mall. 
So it's sort of like a like a map inside the mall kind of thing. Right. But then you right. can also have like virtual reality overlay that tells you like maybe what the store sells and stuff. This is a clothing store and stuff. You know what Absolutely. I mean? Absolutely. Well, you've and, got and uh, based on GPS, you could just be it. It would be easy to do like an overlay sort of thing. Yeah. Well, you've got Microsoft's uh, augmented reality tool set coming out, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so like they've got their uh, so they they've got their version. So uh, you know they could t- be teaming up with Google to uh, to provide better augmented reality experiences with uh, with Google's three sixty degree pedestrian camera mapping everything out for you. I I think it's a pretty fascinating thing to think about. I mean, I wish I knew the name of it. I used to have an application on my phone where you could like visit like scenic places. Right. Right. Um, and rather than use like a 360 degree camera, it's not actually that it, um, like people that use the app could record it themselves. And I guess they just had to like hold really still or something okay. and like spin around in a circle. Um, Oh, the panoramic shot. And it would actually like map like, yeah, yeah. And it would do like a 360 degree view. So let's say like, I don't know, like someplace on Venice beach or something like that, or maybe Niagara falls or, and, uh, somebody would like do like a panoramic shot and you could just inside your house access it and you could spin around a circle as well and you could it would like be like you're in it and add some sort of headset where like now you're closed off because i mean the phone obviously you're looking at the screen so you don't really feel like you're there (laughs) um but yeah with um some sort of augmented not augmented reality uh virtual reality you could feel like you're there you know what i mean and so you could visit like people that can't visit places could visit places with this sort of technology from gopro Exactly. Like, and you think about, uh, you know, people with, uh, with accessibility issues, like, uh, you know, if they're in a wheelchair, a lot of, uh, environments are no longer accessible. Oh my gosh. Roller coasters. Yeah. Disabled people could like go on like rides that they couldn't go on. I didn't even think about that. Absolutely. Or, you know, rock climbing. I, 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 you know, I have legs, but I'm certainly not going to do it. It'd be cool (laughs) to watch someone do it. I have legs. <laughs> That's perfect. Uh, I feel like that should be our hashtag today. Hashtag I have legs. <laughs> I agree with that one. There you go. Hashtag I have legs. All right. So if, if, if you manage to stay with us throughout this entire podcast, hit us up with hashtag I have legs. Um, but now, yeah, one thing I, I'd I think like to it's... wrap it up on. Sorry. Is I have a question for you. <sighs> okay. Before we, we wrap the whole thing. Now, Windows 10, Windows did 10. you reserve? No, I did not. Do you even use Windows? That would be a good question. <laughs> I do, yes, actually. I, uh, I am the lone Windows holdout in a web development agency of Mac users, and I, I actually use a Microsoft Surface, which is, I, I can say with confidence, the greatest piece of technology so you use, I've ever used. So you use 8 then? I use 8, yes. Do you have a Surface? Okay. I have a Surface. So I'll give you my feelings a little bit. Um, Windows 10, they're giving like a... I don't want to say it. They're giving a free copy, okay, to people yeah. with with uh, Windows 8. Yeah. But they're also giving it to people with Windows 7 as well. That's the limit, though, Windows 7 yeah. and 8. Um, you can reserve a copy. Like I got a notification on my computer a few days ago. It says, get Windows 10. When, I, when it opened up, it said, click this button to reserve your copy of Windows 10. And I like the reserve sort of thing because I guess what it does is, like, as Windows 10 is coming to fruition – Mm-hmm. They are, uh, it's going to be downloading things that kind of set you up for Windows 10. And so when it actually gets released and you download Windows 10, everything's ready for you. You have basically half of the um, software that you need already in place. I'm assuming the installer will probably already be installed by the time it comes out. And that way, when you go to update, it's a lot faster of a process. So I do like the reserve thing. Um, however, I... When it comes to Windows 7, I sort of feel a little gypped. At first, I thought it was going to be just Windows 8 and 8.1 users, which is what they announced. Um, and I felt good about it because I felt I upgraded to Windows 8 from my Windows 7, and I felt gypped when I got it, right? So um, when they said Windows 10 was going to be free to me, I said, okay, so they're sort of making up to, for it to me, right? Yeah. They're making up for this really crappy Windows 8. <laughs> by giving me Windows 10 for free. But then when they said Windows 7 can get it for free, I was going to say, 
ah, Windows 7 was pretty good. I think they should have to pay hey, if they want to go to Windows 10. I feel gypped because at first I felt like they were maybe making up for a really, really, really shoddy product with Windows 8. Yeah. Um, however, now they're giving it to people with Windows 7, which was a pretty decent uh, platform to begin with. I can understand why, though. Because a lot of people when Windows 8 came out stuck with Windows 7 because they liked it. Yeah. And so if you're going to get people to leave Windows 7 for Windows 10, you're going to have to give it for free. And I think they're also trying to adapt a little bit the uh, the Apple model, right? Where all OSs now are just given to you. Like you get all of your OS up- updates for free. Mm-hmm. So when a new OS comes out, it's not like you have to pay to upgrade from eight to ten on you know on a on an Apple. You have to, uh, or you just download the next one. So I think I think uh, it sounds like Windows is probably moving to the same model. I just I feel really are. bad for all of those Windows nine users who can't update to Windows ten. <laughs> like how crazy is that though? That we we just talk about it as if it's natural. Like oh yeah, of course it's it's eight to ten. <laughs> like, I the know. jokes came I out right at the beginning. But we abandoned the jokes and just accepted this. Yeah, I know. A lot of people were saying stuff like, um, they're like, it's like programmers were like, it's okay, uh, Windows. I accidentally skipped a version number two. <laughs> it is true. It is true. I, Maybe I they just want to like get so far away from eight. They're just like, 10 is farther away from eight than nine. And people will just forget about it if you go far enough away. Exactly. It's like, Although, we didn't feel like nine really gave a good <laughs> impression on how far we went away from 8. Yeah, they, they have a featured depreciation, though, on Windows 10. Apparently, people that like uh, the like little games that Windows had before, they're not going to yeah. like Windows 10 because they're okay. cutting those. Um, also, if you, have, uh, if you have a USB floppy disk drive, which I don't know who the hell still has those, um, but they're like basically USBs. To a giant floppy disk yeah, yeah. Uh, port. So you can use floppy disks on a computer that doesn't have a floppy disk drive. Um, you'll have to download a special driver from Windows if you want to continue to use that. You ask who still uses those, but uh, my father, who is... Uh, <laughs> he, he, he works um, as fairly high up within the provincial government of Ontario. Uh, it took him so long to adapt to USB... Uh, jump drives uh, that for the longest time he was uh, like USB like he, he didn't like USB stick drives for the longest time he was still using a floppy disk and he had a USB floppy drive so each time they upgraded any of his equipment they also had to make sure that he had this USB floppy drive <laughs> that's pretty funny oh and media center is getting removed too windows media center Oh crap, like Movie Maker? I don't think Movie Maker. I think like the actual like media player. So like oh. when you put like a DVD into your computer, that Windows Media Player. Okay. Um however, I heard that it was like just sort of like a temporary thing. They're planning on releasing like a an update to Windows right, a little bit right. in the future where it's going to allow like Blu-rays and DVDs to be played. That'll um, be your day but, one DLC. <laughs> yeah, but they're like um for the main release, we're going to just remove Windows Media Center, which, I mean, I didn't personally use it all that often because it really isn't all that great. No, you can just download VLC. Um, but yeah, to, but because of that, to watch DVDs is going to require a separate playback software that you're going to have to download um, rather than one that's pre-installed. Um, something I'm glad they're getting rid of was the, uh, the whole, whole, like, uh, it's really made for touchscreen, right? The Windows 8. Yeah, like so you have honest, a surface. I don't. So I'm using something that's meant for uh, not to be really used with a mouse. <laughs> using it with a mouse, so it's really complex. And that whole Metro tiles with the the main menu page is just convoluted. I use the desktop uh, tile the most. You know, what I mean, I usually never leave it. So I mean, I don't know. They're, I actually, I have Windows. Too. I have Windows Eight on my desktop. Uh, and I loathe it, and I've I've always hated Windows 8. And to be honest, now that I have the Surface, it's a pretty good experience on the Surface. See that that's that's one of their main gripes. I think is that they're like, we made it really, and it was really sort of, we we said that it was gonna be like perfect for all systems, but 
then once it actually came out, we realized it really all, wasn't all that great for computers that aren't touchscreen. Um, just because you have to access things a lot, you have to go through a lot more things to reach where you want to go. Oh. Where if you have a touchscreen, it's just like do 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 do, and you're there. You know what I mean? So, uh, I don't know. Like, I have to go. Like you, you have one, so you know you, you have to like go to like the corners to access certain things. Yeah, yeah. And that's a little. That's a little weird. Like I have to go to the top right corner if I want to access my settings and stuff. It's <laughs> it's so weird. It is really strange, and it it was clearly made for a touch interface. So I'm 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 looking forward to Windows 10. I reserved it because I can't wait to get off Windows 8. Anything's probably better. If I was on Windows 7, I they maybe the free thing would sell me on it, but I probably wouldn't leave it. <laughs> so I because of Windows 8, I am moving for sure because it's got to yeah. be better than what i got yeah no i will definitely i didn't get the email to reserve it but i, I definitely gonna jump on the it wasn't an email bandwagon. sorry it wasn't an email it wasn't an email no it came as like a like a really secret hidden update like they uh, like an update got added to the computer right and then next time you restarted your computer and opened it you get a little uh windows symbol in your tray at the bottom Okay. And it on I guess on startup it opens that up and it says reserve your copy of Windows 10. Fair enough, fair enough. My 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 version of Windows may not be as legitimate to warrant this type of an update. <laughs> I gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, it didn't show up on my computer right away either, so I don't know. It might maybe be like that's a, why. Maybe that's why. It might be Forget that kind I of said thing. Anything. Totally legitimate. <laughs> you know, I, I I shelled out the five hundred dollars for it. Don't worry. <laughs> um, July twenty ninth. That it, it's very far in advance for them to do this whole reserve thing, but I guess they're trying to make it easier to update. So I'm all for it. Yeah, like if they're gonna slowly roll out the software to to make sure that you're not doing, you know, like a hundred gigabyte download on day one, that's that's actually yeah. Because it took my computer was like decommissioned for a while when I was updating to Windows eight. So anything that makes it faster, I'm good with that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, so um, I think we're just a little bit past the hour mark. So. I think so. We have to let our uh, our kind listeners finish their commute or finish their run and get back to their <laughs> Let life. them walk into their to their place of business. Sucks to be you guys. <laughs> All righty, Brad. Well, it was a blast. I will see you next week uh, as we wrap up and uh, and go. If anyone wants to uh, follow your exploits, where do they find you? Uh, they can find me on Twitter at Brad Bell. And where can they find you? They can find me uh, on Twitter at uh, at Brad Rock, Rock spelled R A C H and pronounced Rock, not Ratch, not Rash, but Rock. See, uh, you locked out. Your name was still available. <laughs> my name was still available. Mine there wasn't. Is, there is only one other. Well, it's Belanger. Like if you come to Canada, uh, that's like Smith up here. Oh really? So oh, God. so it, so it's sort of like John Smith down here. <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. Like I mean they're you know. Brad, not so much, but the last name Belanger, absolutely. Uh, like in, in in French Canadian circles, that's super super common. That's rough. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not, I'm gonna have to go beat some Canadian up for my name. I don't want to do that. We're tough up here. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, people. Well, if you joined us throughout the uh, uh, throughout the entire cast, feel free to hit either of us up on uh, on Twitter. Let us know the kind of things you might want us to talk about for next week. Uh, if you watch the entire show, hashtag us with I have legs. Um, <laughs> and we will, you know, we will know and you win the great prize of being loyal listeners. Uh, otherwise, until next week, uh, I am Brad Rock and my wonderful counterpart, uh, Brad Belanger. And uh, thank you for joining us. We will see you next time. <laughs>